Hey babes, welcome to Align by Design. I am Amy Elizabeth and together with Liz Coyles, we are Align by Design. We are bringing you human design in a way you've never experienced it before. We take you through the unsexy process of alignment so that you can tap into another level of sexy you didn't even know existed yet. All by becoming the most authentic you. We desire each of you to own your power so that you can fully experience the flow, the ease, the integrity, and the undeniable magnetism and sexiness that alignment brings so that you can create the impact your soul really desires and the income that's abundantly available to you. Let's dive in. Hi guys, welcome back to Align by Design. It is Liz Coyles, and today I am joined by Chris Marhefka. Chris is the CEO and facilitator at Training Camp for the Soul and the founder and facilitator of the Embodied Man program and retreat. So welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thank you for having me so much, Liz. I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited. I love connecting with men in this world because I, I 95% of the people that we work with, or probably more, uh, and that I do my readings for are women. And I think it's it's really beautiful to have men like yourself expanding on your personal journey and helping to expand other people as well. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I receive that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, before we kind of dive into everything, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about, about your offerings and what you do and, uh, you know, as a coach and as a, as a leader. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love to. I, um, the program you just talked about training camp for the soul, uh, that is, uh, actually the program that I first did that catapulted my whole growth and development journey and shifted and transformed my life in ways I didn't even imagine. Um, I took that program as a client back in January 2019 on the recommendation of a mentor. I was spinning my wheels in business and not getting um, really what I wanted out of life, fulfillment, happiness, joy, and um, so, yeah, I did that program and through a series of universe <laughs> uh, messages and, and uh, decisions, um, I, I partnered with the founder and uh, now we run the program together. She's been in this work for many, many, many years. Uh, and we bring in a lot of different modalities to uh, essentially support people in their identifying the things that are holding them back in life. And, and, and these can be, they may have a level of awareness of like the stories they're telling themselves. Um, but we go even deeper. We go in deeper to like the subconscious belief systems that you learn from mom and dad. And these can be as simple as just like, I'm not good enough or I'm not mm -hmm. worthy of this life. And, um, many, many, many more, but we, we teach people how to identify and then like pull these out so that they're no longer running the show of their life. Um, because depending on which research you look at, the majority of our life, <laughs> over 90% of it is driven by our unconscious and just how we're programmed. Uh, and most people look at their identity or who they are is, is a fixed thing like this. This is just who I am. This is unchangeable. And we teach people like in a very simple five-step systematic process, like how that's not actually true and how you can shift your identity. And there are some things that um, are unique to you, 
uh, and we teach people how to live in the gifts of them mm-hmm. rather than in the, the the shadow of them or the the parts that aren't serving them. Um, and so, uh, it's a really really beautiful program, and um, we facilitate online programs. Uh, we actually have a, a cool two day event coming up where we're doing like a virtual retreat um, in July, and then we also do in person retreats and lots of good stuff. That's amazing. That's yeah. really, really beautiful. And, you know, we uh, in human design, when we go into your centers, that's where we can build a lot of awareness about that same kind of programming and, and conditioning. And uh, we call it the unsexy work because it's not fun. <laughs> it's not always beautiful. But to get through that work and really do really do the work, you know, you get to this beautiful, sexy, expressed, authentic version of your of your soul and of your being. So that's amazing. That's amazing work. And um, so guys, Chris is a six two sacral generator. And I'm very curious just as a six two profile. So uh, the six line is the role model. And for the first 30 ish until your Saturn return, the first 30 years of your life, uh, life can feel like a bit of a roller coaster for that six line. And there's a lot of ups and downs and trying things and having them work out and trying things and feeling like you hit a wall and you need to, you know, pick yourself back up. Uh, and typically around that Saturn return time is when the six line is like, okay, I've done a lot of the learning and the experiencing and my hands are, are nice and dirty and my knees are nice and scraped up. And now I'm going to kind of, you know, take a minute to step back and, yeah, just kind of start to sink into life and settle a little bit more. So I'm so curious how you experience that in, you know, that, that third line and, and how you've evolved into that sixth line and stepping deeper into the role model phase. It feels so accurate, accurate as you were just saying that, because the first 30 years of my life were doing so much. Um, I, I, had multiple careers during that time. I'd started multiple businesses. I was always like finding my way in organizations. I was like finding my role, finding my strengths, finding, um, it, it, uh, you know, it felt, it felt like chaos. Honestly, it felt like I was working so hard, but nothing was ever really coming together for me. I would have successes. Um, and honestly, I would actually get bored of them relatively easily, uh, and I would want to I would I would want to do more or or do something different. And um, it was, you know, it was a it was a really fun time. Especially I'm speaking to like my 20s, like post college when I was starting my career. It was a really fun time. Um, after I started letting go of some of the pressure I was holding against myself of like having to get it right by the time I was 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and take the path that society, you know, deems the appropriate path to success. Yeah. And I, 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 I had hints of it, but I didn't really fully accept it until I was after 30. And then that's when I, like I said, I started doing this deeper healing work, started finding more of like who I really was and um, I would say right around uh, 33 is when I, w- I was like in my, like on my path, in my stride, like feeling really solid in life. Um, and uh, it was, um, yeah, it was, a- it was after, 
after the realization, it was probably about two to three years of resistance, which is, mm. is why <laughs> of like really deciding of like really accepting it. And so I think that's why it was a few years late in that way. But um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's tough when you're on the path that, like you said, society has deemed the way to go. And it was, you were doing all the right things, but not feeling that connection and that wholeness internally. So what, 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 what was the thing that finally got you after a couple of years of resistance to like do the work? Yeah, it was pain. It was, mm. it was enough discomfort. Honestly, I had, um, it, it, a lot of my life was around like the fitness and wellness industry. And I had, um, a series of like really major injuries are right around 30 years old and after 30 years old. And so that part of my identity was starting to shift from like this lifelong athlete and competitor and um, driving a lot of my value from like my physical body. And then it sent me into a pretty like deep, dark time in my life where um, I started questioning a lot and like, oh, if this isn't here, then like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Um, and then similar things started to happen in my, in, in my business as well where I knew that I like started these things for the right reasons. I was excited about them at one time, but they just didn't feel like me anymore. They didn't feel like the identity. And so um, it was just like a series of this painful events. And, and the moment when it hit, I was actually um, driving back from a Thanksgiving gathering and I was about 45 minutes from my house just crossed over the Florida border and I had this realization where I just didn't want to go home mm. to the community that I had built I, the, the house and like businesses and all these friends and all like all the things and it was everything that I was told I should have at that point in my life and I had it but I didn't want to go back to it and it just like broke, it broke me down and I pulled off and I was crying and my partner at the time was in the, in the, in the RV. And, um, I was just like, I, I just don't know like what to do. And that was like the first really moment where I acknowledged that like, I, maybe I don't have all the answers. And it was, that was like enough of a window for me to reach out to help I started talking to people that had been down this path before and um, yeah, just, just got some really great advice and ended up, like I said, doing that program and it shifted a lot for me. It really did. Um, and it was, I always knew I could do anything I wanted to. That, that was the strange part. It was like, I always knew I, I was driven. I was hardworking and, and like, I always had this sense that I was going to have the life that I wanted, but up until that point, it, it was like, I didn't know what I actually wanted. It was like, I didn't have access to it. And then I finally s started tapping into it. It was always there, but I was just learning how to access it. And um, the more I did and the more I listened to it, the better things got, the better I felt, the better I was experiencing life. And so I just kept listening to that intuition and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it continues to get better every day. Yeah, it really is like a, a trust muscle once you start leaning in and, and letting it guide you. And 
you know, when you talk about knowing that you are going to be successful and I immediately went to your defined heart center in human design, that, that consistency in your will and your motivation. And that's the thing, you know, with, with that, with your defined sacral, you have reliable access to that energy to, to be burning and, and working all day. But with that defined heart in the sacral, the sacral, you, you should be lit up by what you're doing. And with that defined heart, it's really, you know, when your heart is truly in something, it's yours. That's that, it's that, that kind of a will. But it really drains you when your heart is not in it and you're trying to push for it. And that's where you ju- it just feels icky in your body. And knowing that hindsight is 2020, like if you can look back from where you are now and all the work that you've done and gone through, how long do you think that voice inside of you is communicating uh, and you weren't listening? I think it was communicating from right after post-college in my early twenties, I started to have intuitive, like what I now would call that, that intuitive sense. Um, I think the difference was I would, I would just shift it to something else that didn't feel as bad (laughs) in the moment or like as icky. Um, And like the example I give is that like I had a finance job right out of college and I did that for, about eight months or so. And that was like really icky. And then I got into something else that like felt better. Um, and, you know, I think that for me, it, I got to the point to where I was just not acknowledging it and pushing it down that icky, that icky sense or like the draining sense. Cause I just thought that that was a part of life. I thought that that was mm-hmm. a part of being successful. That was actually part of my like my, my father lineage story that like life is suffering, like to have what you want, like means that you have to give up a lot. And like, that was deeply ingrained in me. So I just like identified this like suffering with, Oh, this is just part of it. And so I just got used to that, like always being tired, always like feeling like I was pushing a weighted sled up a hill with everything that I like all of these things. Um, and now realizing that life can actually be really easy, I was like, whoa, <laughs> the, the, the in looking back though, I'm so grateful for it, but because it taught me like what I'm truly mm-hmm. capable of, like, despite all of that working against me, like I was still like committed, I was still committed. And I was like, I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to keep pushing. And I'm going to keep working. I said, I was going to do this. I'm going to do it. And that taught me some really great lessons around what I actually can do when my heart now is in it um yeah and what a beautiful place to be able to lead from you know to have especially with that that third line that is how you learn you know the school of life is your greatest teacher now now those first 30 years served you very well even though it was certainly painful and challenging but now as you you know are fully embodying that sixth line and stepping more and more into your wisdom and you know really leading and guiding from that place it, it, you wouldn't be able to leave from the place that you are now had you not gone through those first 33 years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe that I, I did so much. I experienced so much life in those first 30 years that um, now, like, <laughs> I joke that I'll, I'll be on a, a podcast or I'll be sharing or I'll be speaking or doing a workshop or whatever and something will come out like I don't even know was in there that happens all the time for me that there's just like wisdom in my body and 
Um, I read a lot. I consumed so much information. I listened and I observed and I went out and I lived a lot of life. And so there's just like things in there that <laughs> they just, they're there when I need them. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the second line in your profile too. The second line is the hermit, but it's also second lines come into this life with a very deep internal knowing. It's like, how do you know? And I just know, I just know there's just a lot of, a lot of wisdom in there as well, which makes for such a beautiful profile together. And, you know, six twos really come in with really high standards for themselves and for the people in their life and the quality of their life. It's really, it's a really, really beautiful energy to be around. And something that was so interesting to me was like just that visualization of you driving home and being in the RV and just breaking down in that moment and knowing that, I mean, definitely as a sacral being, but also you're a non-specific manifester. So you want to be sinking into the feeling and it's, you know, when you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. And so it's kind of that moment of truth where it's like, this does, this does not feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, sorry, go ahead. And, and at that point in my life, like I was living life from the model of like figuring everything out in my head. And so it was like, yeah, this is there, but I just got to keep figuring it out. And whereas now I've shifted much more into the, like feeling my way through life, like intuiting my way through life and realizing that like this mind is only as good as the inputs that I put into it. And so, mm. and before I was, I was relying on it. So even in those moments where it would like speak very subtly, it would be like, yeah, but like the mind would come up, but yeah, but you got to do this or you got to, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the, uh, it's so beautiful to be a sacral authority. I'm also a sacral generator. Uh, But I very frequently witness uh, my sacral speaking in terms of its level of excitement, right? So that sacral is going to be like, like, you know, how excited am I? Do I want it? Do I not? But the mind is always going to come in immediately after that. And just, it just is going to give you the should. Mm -hmm. And I, over time now, can witness basically like I'm sitting in front row to watch a battle between the two internally, but knowing that I'm a sacral authority, I know that I have to let it win. So when, when we talk about that sacral and, and the desire and that life force energy that it creates when you really are exchanging your energy with something you desire, um, and, you know, the sacral it's so black and white. It knows the yes or no and this or that. And so was that something once you, so before we started recording, guys, Chris let me know he, he had a reading done, a human design reading done a couple of years ago. So when you figured that out about your authority, was that something that you could tap into and recognize within yourself? Or is it something that kind of took a little bit of work to start trusting and, and moving with? Yeah, the, the latter. It definitely took some time for me to start trusting it. Um, but it was it seemed like a, a bit of a snowball effect, though, like like once I started doing it, I was paying attention enough to to realize like, oh, things are better when I when I follow that. And so it, it happened relatively quickly, but it was definitely like a process of like testing with some small things and then um yeah, some more major life decisions. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's fascinating because the sacral you know, it doesn't know the difference between you saying, you know, uh, do I want to go for a run or do I want to just hang and watch TV or do I want to, you know, completely shift my entire life and everything I've been working for for the first 30 years and just take a completely new path. 
he doesn't know the weight. It's our human, our human mind that, that makes it way differently. And I think that's the beauty of, of the sacral is, is really what you're asking it is, you know, is this in alignment with my highest self or is it not? Mm-hmm. And when you can learn to trust that, you're really doing what it is for your inner being and you're letting it guide you. Beautiful. And I think, you know, for you, you have this defined G-center. So there is, the G-center is your direction and identity. And there is an element of you that does have this compass inbuilt in you that's like, hey, let's go here. Let's go this way. And it's, it's, I would love to hear about how that feeling in your body of like knowing the path and knowing where to go and trusting the path that you're being pulled to take, how that changed for you when you started tuning in. Yeah, it's it, the best way I can describe it is the next step was always obvious. It, it it would take like for me now to not follow it would would be like laborious. It would be a lot of energy to to like not pay attention to it. It's just like a billboard flashing like right here like yeah, this is this is it. Um and it's usually just like what's immediately next though it's it's not like a year out it's just like yeah. oh this is the obvious in this moment right now boom for sure that um and yeah i mean there's there's still emotional charge to a lot of those things because oftentimes it'll bump up against um what i've done to that point and it may be conflicting and i've just faced it for the first time or maybe there's uh it's it's different than I thought it would look. Um, but it's clearly staring me right in the face right now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it feels obvious to me. And now it's, as I'm getting more sensitive to the sensations in my body, it's like an overwhelming sense in me. It's like <laughs> rushes up. I'm like, yep, that's it. This is where we go. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. I'm, I'm so curious about the uh, experience of the defined G because I'm I'm undefined, so it's you know a very different experience. But I think it's so beautiful to to have that in you and witnessing some people who know they do have the whole path planned, you know, and then some people are like, no, I just know the next step or the next two steps, and um, definitely a wide range. But it's fascinating to me to to think of having that kind of internal driver that you have to to help pull you. And one of the things that it just came to me as you're speaking was. Um, my whole life, I've I've been um, a leader in some way, like the captains of the sports teams and the student body presidents and all these things. And uh, now, as an entrepreneur leading business, and I think a lot of it was just because I always had an answer. Like there was always just like something. It was like, oh yeah, that's it right there. And um, in a way I think it it often frustrated a lot of people I was working with because like instantly I would have an answer it was like just Mm. yep this is it and I think for a while it didn't leave room for other people in the team to like weigh in um and I've I've since learned that that just because I have an answer doesn't always mean it's best for the whole team it's just the way that I'm seeing it right now um yeah it's amazing too you have gate seven coming out of your g-center so that really is uh leadership it's guiding other people it's discipline it's directing the 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 team or your family or your coworkers or whatever it is to good you know it's 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 a leadership energy that people can really um look look up to you um but the the importance here is that you 
done the internal work of knowing your your worth and knowing your truth first and then leading from from that place but it's a really really powerful leadership energy so it doesn't shock me to hear that that's something that has come natural to you for 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 a long time yeah and i think it it shifted once i did the inner work that i was oftentimes showing up in a certain way to prove myself or to validate myself um, or, or achieve to be seen or, or achieve to re- receive acknowledgement or love. And now it feels like from a place of just giving from a full gift that just like I have everything I need and like I have so much to give this world. And that mm-hmm. shift only happened when I did the inner work on myself, with myself. Um, yeah. And it's a very different power that's like behind it and underneath it. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, and that's the interesting thing too, going back to that defined heart and and the low frequency of the defined heart, it can be so focused and driven on this thing that you're motivated by, whether it's a material thing or uh, a status that you want to achieve in the low frequency, it's like stepping on other people to get there and not really caring who or what, you know, needs to shift and change along the way if it means you're going to achieve that goal and it's so very different when you're coming from a from a high frequency in there which obviously is a big part of the work that you've done Mm -hmm. and you have a channel going from your your spleen uh to your heart center it is the it's essentially the channel of the entrepreneur so you had mentioned you you know came back and sold businesses and i'm just curious was it how at what age did that become a part of you or the desire to be an entrepreneur? Because it sounds like it's been a part of your being for a really long time. Yeah, even when I was really young as a child, I, I don't even really remember some of these memories, but my parents would tell me I would I'd do the classic like lemonade stand and mm. my sisters and I, we would, we would like make some arts and crafts and like sell them. Um, I was always like, finding ways to uh, leverage <laughs> back in the day on eBay and you know, like just gather things and do gar- garage sales. And I was always just like coming up and I was seeing opportunities. Um, and it was just very clear every time I was in a, um, a position where I didn't have autonomy, it just very clearly didn't feel like me. And so the best example I can give is like when I followed that, that, that should of career and took this finance job out of college, it was just everything that I wasn't. It was just so boxed me in and it, there was just no autonomy. And I, I knew within days that it wasn't for me, but I stuck it out for like eight months. Um, and, and then immediately after that, I, I haven't had another interview for a job for since then. Wow. 12 years ago and I've just been starting and growing and starting other things and um, I, I don't believe I ever will for the rest of my life I mean it just uh, I believe a big part of who I am is as an entrepreneur for sure it, it's it's so interesting with the, the the major conditioning of the of the sacral generator right it's like you you put your head down and you work and work and do and you want something you go chase it and you make it happen and there's all of these these shoulds and i think a really big part of living in alignment is giving yourself permission to honor your energy and use your strategy and and listen to your authority so 
where in your life do you feel like, you know, when this big life shift happened for you, where, what area of your life have you given yourself the most permission to really just trust yourself and do things in a way opposite than you were told was the way to do it? Mm. The, the blanket that covered my whole life was working hard, being productive, always being busy shifting to now that it's like okay to rest it's okay to do things that don't have outcomes like i've started like drawing and playing the guitar Mm. and just like taking walks that weren't for (laughs) exercise and um so if like the the whole blanket of my life shifted in that way where um i just take care of what i actually need and it's usually around my energy so like if I'm feeling lit up, like I'm going to go, but as soon as I don't feel lit up anymore, I'm not going to, um, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to take a rest. Um, I used to pride myself. This is, it feels so silly to talk about these days, but I, I used to do this thing called polyphastic sleep and the outcome was just to sleep as little as possible. So I have more waking hours and it, it led to me sleeping like two to three hours a night for years wow. yeah wow and i was just like a, a walking shell of myself but it was like that mentality that oh more is better and that was at the time where i was running two businesses i was training for iron man and for crossfit two of the most like physically strenuous things you can do at the same time and it was just like it blows my mind i was working 80 to 100 hours a week training 20 30 hours a week not sleeping but two to three and i it did a lot of damage i mean looking back like i've spent the last two to three years like undoing a lot of um because multiple times in my life i've just i've crashed i've just crashed and there's moments where i look back on is like i would go I would have all these plans for like the week or the weekend and like everyone was counting on me for all these things that I'd built around me, but I would just like escape out to the woods. And it was just like the only thing left that I was hanging on to. I was just like, at the time it was the only way I knew how to honor myself was just to escape all these things. Mm-hmm. And looking back, it was like, Whoa, I just ignored like all of the very subtle signs that were telling me to slow down. Yeah. And, and allowing that to be a consistent practice in your life rather than like holding it to you can't anymore and honoring yourself and going back into the people pleasing and honoring yourself. It's a really, really beautiful and powerful shift to make and to be really honoring that, that sacral authority of I lead with desire. You know, mm-hmm. What do I desire? I desire to have a walk just because I want to have a walk right now. Not because I need exercise, just because I desire to play the guitar and and the more that you do that, the more they are generating energy, which you're adding to the collective. And and you're just honoring your your inner being and living in more in alignment with yourself and becoming more of an energetic match for all the things that that you desire. It's 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 really, really beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And and I the other major area is is in relation to others, all others in my life is I led the early majority of my life by giving all uh, of myself, giving all that I was giving all of my energy outside to others. And in anyone that asked, it was just like, I was always giving and never receiving, never filling myself back up. 
And now I'm so much more discerning about where I spend my time and my energy, especially as it relates to other people. And like, I know right away, like, oh, this is an interaction that's draining me right now. And I can mm-hmm. put up boundaries or remove myself or limit it. Um, and that was something I was completely oblivious to. Like, I would stay in something for hours that was draining me and just just because and uh now not so much (laughs) yes and what a powerful what a powerful change to make in your life i'm curious with your undefined solar plexus of your emotional center uh, you're absorbing a lot of other people's emotions around you all the time i'm just curious you know how that kind of fits into your life and any practices that you have in in place because you know you you lead a lot of people and I'm I'm sure there's a lot that you're taking in on a day-to-day basis so any practices you have to just help unwind and come back to yourself yeah in in general in my life I'm uh, had been out of I guess just habit and conditioning to be very social I, I I genuinely love people and I love to be around people but uh, now I'm much more, um, I said before, discerning, but also just in general, spend less time around people. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm too, I, I live by myself for the first time in my life at 35. Um, and so it's, it's been How such, beautiful the experience. Oh, of oh such a gift. Yeah. And um, it's it's just highlighted how much when I do that, I, I get to show up so much more fully when I am with people uh, and, and with the work that I do. Because, yeah, I, I do lead a lot of people and lead these containers where it's very emotional. And that's literally the work that we do is we help people navigate their emotions. And so um, for me it started with, with self when I, I just got really committed to the process of feeling what was there. And this is what we teach at training camp for the soul, but it's, it's like this very systematic, like, Oh, awareness, something's here, feeling it at the level of sensation, completely accepting it. Um, and then working through to the other side of maybe replacing it with a new belief or just integrating it in some way. Um, so I got really good at practicing that for myself so much that it just became second nature. Like when something would come up in me, I'd, I'd feel through it. Um, and the way that uh, I do it is just uh, I, I always, almost always close my eyes, like turn my gaze inward, send my awareness to just physically what's the sensation that's happening. Not what does it mean? What am I calling it? Just like, yeah, what's happening here? Okay, cool. A little tightness, a little this, a little shaky leg, whatever it may be. Um, And um, it gets easier every time. There's less charge every time something comes up again. It's just, oh, there's less charge there. And I also take myself like lighter like I, less serious than i did mm-hmm. my whole life i just like oh cool this is here again <laughs> all right awesome yeah because um, there's no resistance toward it being there it's just it's there mm-hmm. so rather than like you said attaching some meaning to it or trying to categorize it exactly what it is it's just like, okay this is here right now yeah. and then you move from there and that's what we teach a lot when we go through the centers of human design it's just that awareness you know and when awareness can become a practice it becomes a, a habit that just you can work through things so 
much quicker and they just don't feel as heavy when you're moving through them because there's no resistance to just dealing with them and acknowledging them and getting to the bottom of it. Yeah. And, and I, I learned from one of my mentors who does some, some energetic work as well. There was a line that he said to me that really hit home is like, it, it doesn't matter if it was theirs or it was yours. It doesn't matter where it generated from. If you're feeling it, like it's now your responsibility to feel it. And so like, I will oftentimes feel others emotion, like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel it. I feel it all. But I think now that I'm, I've uh, just made it such a consistent practice to feel whatever's there. It doesn't get stuck. I don't hold on to it. And, and I do also, like if I do have really heavy sessions or, or when I'm in a retreat, I do like some, some more shamanic practices and, and cleansing and things like that. But um, on a daily basis, like I, I check in regularly with how I feel. I do Qigong every morning. I do yoga every day. And um, all his practices to like feel how I'm doing and to move mm-hmm. anything that's there. Um, so my lifestyle is just much more designed for it. I have space to feel when I need to, um, whether it's mine or someone else's. Um, yeah, then I just now at the point where even though <laughs> it's uh, my friends joke about me with my like, like likable, like always out personality. Like I still love to do that, but I'm, I am finally acknowledging that like, Oh, I also like to go home early sometimes. And I like Mm -hmm. to like check out of a big party scene and like go out and have a one-on-one conversation. I'm finally acknowledging that part of me, um, which is so game changer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where, you know, when we talk a little bit about sacral connection to things, it's very powerful when you show up somewhere because you want to be there or you stay somewhere because you want to be there versus feeling like that's what you should be doing. And it feels selfish, but in reality, people are getting such a better version of you. It's, it's, it ends up benefiting everybody else when you can make those calls that are best for you mm-hmm. and really listen, listen to that part of yourself. So for anyone who's listening right now that has resonated with your story and they're like, oh my God, that's where I am right now. <laughs> Maybe they're in their car crying right now. Um, what, what, you know, having led yourself through this and been through this journey, what advice do you have for people who are feeling stuck or trapped in, in this life that was supposed to give them everything and maybe hasn't? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's actually like the the doing something about it is is the second step, M- meaning that um, uh, so many people I, I talk to and experience and get on the phone with all the time, they're just in a life of overwhelm. They're completely over like overridden by what's happening in their life, and there's not even there's zero space. Or any decision making, any access to their highest self, um, they're just surviving. And so, even before the "what do I do with this," the first piece of advice I give everyone is to slow down. It's just like slow down your speech, slow down your breathing, slow down how fast you're actually moving your body. 
I joke every single time I like stub my toe or like I spill a drink on the cat. It's because I'm moving too fast. I'm just mm-hmm. like, ah. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens with us internally. And slow down the distractions, like turn off the technology, like cancel the things that are draining you and just take a moment to be still and breathe slowly and that in itself is like a very relieving process i feel relieved just listening to you say that i'm like oh it feels like an exhale i'm like yeah slow down it's beautiful that was actually one of the practices before i even knew i was getting into this work in any cognitive sense i got into breath work and i got into it from like a performance mindset but over over eight years ago and before it was like the cool thing to do and i credit it to being able to um like express and like almost like take the pressure valve off of a lot of the things that were overwhelming me in my life as i would just do this like guided breathwork session for 20 minutes and I would scream and I would yell and I would cry and like all this would come out and then I would just be like okay good now back to my day <laughs> now um yeah so if, if people are doing that and they're they're slowing down and they're breathing and um our uh, our nervous system is designed to be at rest that's where that's where healing happens that's where digestion happens that's where creativity happens um, if we're always upregulated physically, mentally, emotionally, like we have no capacity for anything but surviving the world that's around us. And when you're in survival, all you're going to see back are things that you have to survive. Um, and so the first thing is getting out of that state, uh, that nervous system overwhelmed state. And it, it, depending on how long you've been going and how, like for me over a decade of doing it and like pushing really hard, it took me, took me years to really down, like fully get my nervous system to where I could relax. Um, and for some people, it may be just a few minutes, <laughs> a few breaths. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely my advice. And then, and then the second piece is after that, after they've created a little bit of space, a little bit of maybe hope or opportunity is um, checking in with what areas of your life aren't serving you right now. That's the best way that I put it. Like what's not useful in your life for mm-hmm. you, for others, for like what, just what's, what's not useful? Like obvious things that come up to me are like arguing with people, just like having these like ongoing, like uh, maybe it's this, um, the time you're putting into this person or maybe it's, the work you're doing at your job uh, maybe it's your health maybe it's like oh I'm just eating fast food every day this isn't useful for me and when you start to have awareness of like what's not serving you you can then start to make changes in it um, more often than not though like these decisions they're not coming because you're you're logically thinking this is a good decision for me most people are just living in that response survival state and so yeah, it can be, I have so much compassion because it can feel like there's no other option when you're in it. It feels like this like like cave where you're just like, no, this is it. This is, this is my experience. And then when you like pull someone out and they just see, oh, wow, I was in, I was in this cave. <laughs> you're like, yeah, like there's a lot of other stuff out here. And so um, 
that only happens when we slow down and we feel safe. It's a practice I teach called priming safety, where we slow down so much that we can feel what's happening in us, around us, and we're safe to actually be with all of it. We don't have to escape it or distract it or suppress it. Just be with it. Um, but again, that takes time and practice. That's beautiful, beautiful advice. And it's got to be such a challenging thing. I mean, it is a challenging thing because we live in a world where we want everything done in a hurry, right? It's like, but I want to be fixed now. I want to be better now. And it's it's so incredible that it's like, I love the opposite. You're just going to have to sit and slow down for a minute. But beautiful advice. Yeah. And I, I will also say, like, that is exactly what I believed. And it's what kept me from doing the things that were, like, long-term better for me. Because there's a story that um, like maybe it would take forever. And I just wanted the immediate fix. However, it often is especially when it comes to feeling our emotions it's often a lot less when we actually go into it than the process of avoiding it like mm. I'll, I'll use an example where where how many times where something will happen and you'll get triggered maybe i, I i'll use like a conversation with the person they'll say something you know, something will trigger in you but maybe you withhold it you don't deal with it and you just kind of store it away and you just go on the rest of your day with this scowl on your face. And then every time you think about that for person, you've got a scowl on your face and your energy is just like, Mah. and then it affects your, your family and your work. And you just carry this around and you carry this around until you deal with it. But it, it's like this anchor that you're just dragging around. Anytime you don't deal with something, it's just another anchor that you're dragging around. I'm thinking, I'm getting a visualization of like bricks in a backpack. Yep, it's bricks, like, yeah, ugh. bricks in a backpack is the same thing. Whereas mm -hmm. when you, you actually just stop, is the slowing down part, you stop, and you'd be like, oh, wow, I've got a lot of bricks in my backpack. Let yeah. me take a moment. Okay, I'm going to take these bricks out. Okay, I got the bricks out. Okay, now I'll pick the backpack. Oh, wow, that wasn't so hard to just stop and take the bricks out. Yeah, yeah, that's so amazing. <laughs> and and life gets a lot easier when you do that. Oh. Um, but yeah, what such amazing insight. Thank you so much for just sharing, you know, part of your journey and what you do and, and your wisdom. I mean, gosh, I can really see that sixth line, the role model in you just after, you know, everything that you've you've been through and worked through to be able to to lead with such wisdom and from such a place of authentic power. It's a very calm but but strong. Uh, energy. So thank you for sharing everything with us. And for anyone who would like to, you know, follow you or know more, or, you know, how to work with you, how can, how can people find you? Yeah. The best place is on Instagram, Chris Marhefka, um, or Chris .com. And then of course the program that we talked a lot about was training camp for the soul.com. <laughs> uh, anything that we talked about there, they can find on, on that. I love that training camp for the soul. I think it's beautiful. Well, it was so nice to meet you and thank you for taking the time to come onto the podcast. I know everyone's going to really enjoy uh, the little nuggets of wisdom that you had to share today. So thank you. Amazing. Thank you, Liz. Align by design.